Well, good morning. Good morning. Um, it's always a pleasure to be here, and the place is growing, obviously. There are more people there than there was the last time I was here. So I'm so happy. It's such a blessing. We're going to go straight to it. Um, we're talking about this morning about Jesus and African traditional religion, looking at how do we make sense of the two concepts, whether there's contradictions, if they are, what form do they take? Just clarifying some issues, making us understand, because we're in Africa, not because we are part of African traditional religion, but because we're in Africa, and because we might have families that need us to help them along and journey with them in how to understand the distinctions. Who is Jesus? Why is he significant? Is he one of the ancestors? Is he, is he unique? If he is unique, in what way is he unique? So the verse I would like us to start with is Matthew, Mark chapter 7. Uh, verse 8, these are the words of Jesus himself, so they, in your Bible they'll probably be in red. Well, if you have a device, they won't be red. But if you have a Bible, like a real Bible, they will be in red. So Jesus speaks to the Pharisees, and he rebukes them for a specific behavior that they have become ingrained in. He says, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, and he explains what he means by that. So right there, uh, tradition we, we see is not only related to cultural traditions. In this case, these were religious traditions, but the impact was the same. So these guys had traditions that they adopted, incorporated together with God's word. The effect was that these traditions have made God's word, they avoided God's word, they made God's word of no effect by prioritizing the traditions of man above God's word. So I'm just using the concept to, under, to underline the fact that traditions are wide, not just cultural traditions. It can be church traditions, yeah. religious traditions. You could have business traditions and traditions in every form. And traditions are not necessarily wrong by themselves. They are wrong when they obscure the effectiveness of God's word and when you are not fulfilling the commandment of God and you're prioritizing traditions above God's word. That's where they become wrong. Otherwise, we do have traditions. You know, there's traditions for coffee. There's traditions like that. I mean, I certainly know that tradition is popular in some places. And I saw it here. I saw some of you here before the service started. You had to get your kick before you came to the service. I watching people at outside and mulling around the coffee machine and getting their kick. So that's a tradition. <laughs> So Jesus in African religion is a, a bit of an enigma, is that African religion believes in the concept of God, but in this religion, God is seen as a transcendent reality, is seen as an abstract reality. So people believe in God, but they believe he's absentee, he's an absentee deity. So he's there, but not quite there. He's there, but inaccessible, indistant. And therefore, for that reason, they provide us with a contradictory or a idea of God that contradicts how we understand God. See, every religion on earth teaches people how to get to God, how to reach God, what they must do to get to God. Christianity doesn't teach that. Yeah. It teaches us what God has done to get to us. That's, right. That's vastly different. Yeah, 
And so other religions are works-based system. Christianity is a grace-based system. It tells us that he came to his own. So he took the initiative to come to us. Jesus is known as Emmanuel, God with us. So he came amongst humans, people, to represent God amongst humans and went up to heaven to represent humans among God. So there was this um, aspect of making a covenant with God um, through Jesus Christ. Now, African traditional religion does not believe in the concept of sin because Jesus is an, a, a being that is not really acknowledged. So actions on earth are seen to be inconsequential with regards to eternity. So people don't believe in sin. That's why there's no savior. There's no salvation. When you hear somebody who believes in African traditional religion talks about heaven, you know you're talking about a person who practices syncretism. Heaven is a concept that belongs in Christianity, not in African traditional religion. The idea of heaven doesn't belong. When somebody says, my ancestors are in heaven, you know that they're mixing two religions. Because there is no belief in heaven, African traditional religion. There's just a belief in life after death, but the form of that life is not well defined. You become an ancestor where nobody knows, right? But you become an ancestor somewhere and bothering people on earth. Were you an ancestor? Now, now, what I don't understand about this is this. If you were, a, let's say, a kind and a wonderful grandfather or grandmother who loved you and who took care of you and who was very compassionate towards you, why would the same grandmother become something else when they're dead and they want to harm you? And they tell you, if you don't do this, we'll... I mean, this was my grandmother who was very kind and, and nice. All of a sudden, she's against me. She wants me, if I don't do certain ceremonies, she'll kill me. But grandma was not a murderer when she was alive. She's a murderer now when she's an ancestor. It makes no sense to me. Very kind person, very loving person, but now very cruel when they become an ancestor. Very angry. Ancestors are always angry. They're never not angry. They have mood problems. Always angry. You never hear ancestors are not angry. Always ancestors are angry. What have I done? They're always angry. And so, now here's what's important to understand is this. Now, um, how you understand God, the nature, the attributes of God, defines a lot, defines everything about your faith. If you know God is an angry God, as Muslims, uh, or you defend God, and, and your role is to defend God's honor like Muslims do, then you're dealing with a different deity, you're dealing with a different concept altogether. We know God as a loving God. Now, God doesn't have love. God is love. Whatever you have, you can run out of. You can end. God is love. For love to end, God must end. So love is eternal because God is eternal. So we are knowing very clear in our faith that God loves us. Other people don't know where they stand with the deity they are worshipping. We know where we stand. We know that for God so loved the world, he gave his only because So we're not trying to find out if I'm, I'm in good terms with God. I'm in, I'm in God's good books. We're not, we're not worshipping God with some level of uncertainty. Whether I will make it in heaven, whether I'm loved by God, whether he's for me. No, we know he's for me. Amen. We know that because he said it very clear to us. Right? So, so therefore, we don't have this uncertainty with our, where, we, we stand, where we stand with God. With our religions, you definitely have uncertainty. With African religion, people are uncertain with even their own ancestors, let alone God. Yes. They don't even know if their own relatives are okay with them. So how much more God? Right? And so now with Jesus, people may actually say to you, he's one of the ancestors. Right? And so if you... I adopt the idea of seeing Jesus as just one of the religious gurus or just an ancestor, a glorified ancestor, then you don't know who Jesus is. 
Because he's not just one of anything. He is everything. Yes, yes. Right? He's, he's not just a glorified ancestor. He's not just a religious guru. He was not just a good teacher or a good man. You know, that's just, he's more than that. He's, he's life himself. He said it very clear. You know, that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so, and then when we come to what I've just published now, the book on divination, which is filled up South Africa crazy, as you know. Like Twasa, ancestral callings, ancestors are calling people. He's gone crazy, he's gone mad. Celebrities are becoming diviners. Children in schools. It's like every third person you meet is a diviner with a band around their wrist. And everybody is tormented by spirits, ancestral spirits. But why? Why is this happening? Often if you address this with people, they will say to you, if you point to them, they point to them to the scriptures, like Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9, verse 12. Or Leviticus 19 verse 31, they would say to you immediately the response will be the Bible is against African culture. You probably want to hear that. The Bible is against people are against African culture. As if God wrote the Bible with Africans in mind. Now, now this, let's ex- explain here. People are practicing what I call uh, historical revisionism. The people of Israel were actually moving from Africa and Egypt to Canaan when in the Sinai Peninsula, midway, God begins to speak to them, right? So here's, here's important sequence and facts and history to, and how to answer people who claim the Bible is against African culture. You need to remind them that the Israelites were in Egypt for 430 years. And when they left Egypt to inherit the land of Canaan, in the middle, God spoke to them and gave them the Torah, which started with a proposal for a covenant. So when Moses went up the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and had the voice of God, God proposed a special type of a relationship with the nation of Israel. And Moses went down the mountain to relay God's uh, proposal and the Israelites agreed to the proposal that yes, we want to be part of this deal. And then God gave them the law as terms and conditions to the contract. So the law is not an arbitrary instrument. The law is given as a result of people having agreed to be in covenant with God. Okay? So if a person has a problem with the law, it's likely an indication that they have no relationship with God. Let me explain it this way. If you tell a person who's cheating on their wife or their wife on their husband, because it can happen both sides. You know, so... Yesterday, somewhere, I said, if, you, if somebody cheats, is cheating on their wives, I was making a mistake. But then I thought to myself, if you can cheat on your wives, you really are messed up. I mean, if you already have wives and you cheat on your wives, you really are a messed up person. I mean, you really, really are messed up. Okay? So, if a person is cheating on their wife and then they justify and you correct them and then they justify it and they argue with you, you most likely have to take a step back, not talk about the action or the behavior, maybe explain to them what marriage covenant is. Because if they understood what marriage covenant is, then they'll understand why adultery is wrong. So they will defend adultery if they don't understand what marriage is. So therefore, the law is a problem for a person who's not in relationship. So you have to remind them of vows they've made, which are an instrument of commitment, a legal instrument, where you said, I forsake all others, I choose you. So you have to remind them that one day you made this kind of vows, you said, I forsake all others, I choose you. Now you cannot continue forsaking all others and continue to choose your wife. That's the contrary covenant you vowed yourself into. So the law therefore follows the covenant. 
It's very important to explain that. So therefore, people will say, well, God, what, God did not have Africans in mind when he gave the Torah. And I said, I remind people, you don't, don't think of yourself as that important. Don't overstate your importance. God, is not, God did not just wake up and target you. you don't, you're not that important, really. You are important, but not that important. Don't overstate your, your importance. God did not just write the law to target you. You are not that important, honestly. I know you think you are, but you are not really that important. Right? Now, let's say, let's say you like stealing. The Bible says thou shalt not steal. But let's say you like stealing. What must God do now? Change his law to accommodate your proclivity. Now God says thou shalt not steal before you came around and started stealing. So God is not going to change his law to accommodate you. No, God is against me. Why? Because he doesn't want me to steal anymore. He doesn't want me to steal. No, because God prohibited the practice for what it is, not for who is doing it. Right? I think that's very important. So the practice is, pro- so, so you're not a target. You became the, you came into that crosshairs and you became a target of God's because you chose to do what God hates. He says in the book of Deuteronomy 18 verse 9 verse 12, when you come into the land which the Lord of God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. Not talking about African nations. The Jebusites, the Hittites, the Kerites. We're not the Hittites. We're not the Heights. We're not any of the Heights. We are here. The Israelites are moving from us to Canaan. They were not, we are not God. We're not, God didn't have us in mind. So he was not talking about our practice. That's why we have to show a person that these practices are universal. They're not just in Africa. And therefore, they're not African inventions. They're African adoptions. They're adopted by Africans, not invented by Africans. That's why all over the world there's divination. People divination by palm, palm reading, entail reading, tea leaves reading. Even farmers do divination with a divining rod. So it's not an ethnic thing. Yes. It's a universal practice that is evil before God for what it is, not just for who is doing it. Okay? So that is important. Now the next thing somebody is going to like you to say to you is this. This is our way of life. This is, this is how we are as Zulus. This is how we are at crosses. Now that, if you demystify that, there is no ethnic-based spiritual path. There's no ethnic-based spiritual path. As soon as a person claims a spiritual path based on ethnicity, they are admitting that their ancestors have made covenants with entities other than God. They are admitting that their ancestors have deviated from God's path, and therefore they want to continue with the deviation. Right? The reason why now we have children who are troubled by these spirits is because some parent did not do their job in breaking these covenants. Because covenants are multi-generational. It says when Abraham paid tithes uh, to Melchizedek, Levi paid tithes in the loins of Abraham. So a generation, like a Josiah generation, must rise up and stand against the worship of Baal and break that and destroy the worship of Baal, obliterate it. If they don't, the spirits attached to that will begin to make a demand on those who are part of the bloodline of the original covenant partner. Because in the spirit, those covenants are still speaking. That's why an 80-year-old child can be troubled right now by spirits that they don't have no idea where they come from. So the bloodline, therefore, is important. Their bloodline can be corrupted. You see this in the Bible. You see with Ahab. You see with Jezebel. You see with the worship of Baal. You see what happened in the nation of Israel. The corruption that took place. 
that sometimes took hundreds of years for it to be cleansed because Josiah was prophesied 300 years before his birth. Meaning before Josiah was born, the worship of Baal was so entrenched in Israel, people, the generations were born who could not know any other worship except the worship of Baal. So therefore the worship of Baal had become culture in that time. Now here's an interesting fact about idolatry. Idolatry is not only the worship of another entity, Idolatry also involves adopting the values of the idol at the center of worship. So when people engage in idolatry, they also adopt the values of the idol that they are worshipping. So where Baal was worship, child sacrifice was a norm. Human sacrifice was a norm. Murder was a norm. So that is why you would not have any other idol deity making the claim or making the command, be holy even I. So only God could demand or ask people to be holy because holiness represents his nature. Other deities could not demand that because they are not themselves holy. They can only demand that which represents them. So people become like what they worship. Therefore, that should explain to you why South Africa has 58 people have been killed every single day. Because of the idols that we worship. It has bloodthirsty idols that will not, they need to be serviced by the shedding of blood. That's why it's, they say that's likely that one in three women will be a victim of sexual violence. It's because of the idols we worship. Right? So for us to be freed from that, we must, we must remove, or we must denounce, and we must break the powers of this. These are not spirits from Africa. These are spirits that are thousands of years old, have existed in the land of Canaan, are the reason the Canaanites were overthrown and destroyed, are the reason why the land of Canaan was abominable to God, to the point it tells the Israelites to kill and annihilate the Canaanites from the face of the... Why would God give an instruction that the people of Canaan should be killed, even nursing infants? It's because the level of evil of Canaanites was so high the land of Canaan was the epicenter of idolatry in the ancient world. You couldn't get worse than Canaan in that time. Speciality, yeah. human sacrifice, orgies, the worship of demons. It was so polluted that the Israelites had to be instructed very clear that when you go there, don't even ask how these nations worship their gods. Don't even be curious. Don't take even the gold that decorates their idols. Don't touch anything of a true, put down their sacred trees, cut down their altars, make sure you destroy everything that represents what they worship. Because I will not look favorably upon you, God says, if you follow their patterns and their behavior. That's what the Canaanites. And therefore, the practices we're talking about, the consultation of the dead and, and, and diviners, they are ancient practices which may have been given now contemporary names. Same practice, different names, but the same behavior. Right? So African religion, now the word religion in Africa doesn't exist. People will tell you that I'm spiritual. You've heard this. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I'm like, okay, I'm also spiritual, you know? I'm not sure what you mean, though. So I need to know what you mean, because I'm also spiritual. I'm just not sure which spirit you're referring to. Right? Because I am spiritual by virtue of the fact that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, what is a temple? In the, in the Bible, in the, in the Old Testament, temples were sacred spaces that were built for the worship of a single deity, and the mention of another deity amounted to desecration of the temple. You couldn't be in the worship in the temple of Baal and talk about Yahweh. Because the temple was built for the worship of a single deity with the mention of another deity amounting to, to desecration of the temple. So there was no sharing of temples. 
You can't buy a house for the Lord's sake. And then the previous owner of the house demands to also stay in the house that you bought from them. It's like the whole point of me buying the house from you and paying you is that there must be transfer of ownership, which means you must leave. Because you have sold the house, which means you must go. The Bible says we have been bought with a price. We've been bought with a price. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God. So you're not... So listen to me, when, when you are praying and we just worship right now, you're not just doing the Holy Spirit a favor. And the Holy Spirit at 6 in the morning is my prayer time, so I, I invite you, otherwise you can come, otherwise at 7, then I start my business, then you can go. No! It's not like you, like I give you the hour, I give you for 5 minutes, you know, because then I do, I, no! Any time you don't give the, if the Holy Spirit is not in, you're not available for Him, that means you're being rebellious. You are here 24-7. Yeah. Not, not during your devotion or quiet time. You are here all the time. Yes. You, you don't belong to yourselves. You are part of the price. Yes. He paid a price for you. The highest price paid for you. Therefore, you are a temple. The abode of God. Not the abode of other spirits. God doesn't share. God is not going to share you with another entity. You are the one who has been bought for the price. Now here's an interesting fact that connects to this. To be a diviner, a fortune teller, you have to be possessed. You can never be a diviner without being possessed. In fact, the whole training to be a diviner involves opening yourself up for possession. Okay? So you get trained, you go through the whole ceremonies, slaughterings around the river, marine spirits, and all of that. All that process is to open you, because remember, spirit mediums, so you have to be a medium, you channel spirits. You are the spokesperson, they speak through you. So the training is to prepare you to be possessed. So when you're fully possessed, you have qualified now to be a diviner. When the spirits are the one taking control of you, you burp involuntarily. You can't control yourself. Right? You eat what they say you must eat. You go where they say you must go. And as you know, the most people who are being called right now as, as, as diviners are females. Are females. Alright? Now there's a reason for that. Yes, I will tell you. <laughs> So, the devil is after the seed of the woman. It's just, as in Genesis 3.15, it's always been after the seed of the woman. And so there's always been a target. And in this case, females are not going to get married who become diviners. You're very unlikely, very unlikely to find a diviner who gets married. If they are single. Because they already are married. What am I saying? The spirits are, your, are the husband of the person. And therefore they will not allow any man to be part of their person's life. So most diviners likely become lesbian or never get married. Because they already have a spiritual husband who demands full attention and full access. Because these are spiritual altars of darkness. Right? These are altars of darkness that a, people, a person opened themselves up to. Now, this thing, the reason why our children right now are a target, is you know every time the enemy is 
the end of time, there's serious warfare, and the devil, God is about to do amazing things. The devil always overplays his hand by targeting children. And therefore, that's why as a parent, it's important for you to make sure that when you are in Jesus, you are fully in Jesus. You don't have a foot. Now, people right now, they, they tell me something like this, and I understand, I understand this. Let's go back to where we are Africans. I get it. I get it. We're not Europeans, obviously, at all. I mean, we are Africans. We can only be Africans. I mean, sorry. I mean, when we say we're Africans, we're not, we're not doing anything wrong. We are Africans. What else can we be but Africans? We're in Africa. But listen to this. It's important also not to romanticize things. If you want to open the door to the past, at the very least know what you are allowing from that past to come through. Don't just think opening the door means everything from the past must go through. Everybody has a past. European people do, Asian people do, and not everything from the past is good. It's not just Africans. Everybody, if you go to Europe, people say, the Bible is written by Europeans who oppress black people. I'm like, Lord, only three of you and your friends in a dark corner know about this conspiracy in an information age. Nobody else knows about this. Over five billion copies sold worldwide. And everybody reads the Bible, but the three of you and your friends know about it. Actually, we, all of us should know about this big conspiracy. And why people wrote the Bible to oppress black people. And then they wrote in the first chapter of the first book that black people are made in God's image. And they're trying to oppress them. Why people are not thinking very clever after all, are they? How can you be trying to oppress black people and you tell them they're made in God's image? That's not very clever, is it? Right? And so we know, if you've do, if you done any level of history, you know that Europe was not Christian. It was barbaric. It was backward. It was cannibalistic. It's just there. It's not Bible saying it. It's history saying it. These people who say these things don't even read their own history. For goodness sake, they are so ignorant. Just, just it's in history that Christianity saved Europe. The missionary journeys of Paul involved joining Paul going to Corinth in Greece. He went. That means that Corinth was not previously Christian. That's right. It became Christian because people from Jerusalem and Middle East went in and brought the gospel and the conversions took place there in Europe. That's very clear. That means people of Europe have a past that is evil and wicked. So even they, if they open up the door to the past and they don't sift out what comes through that door, we are likely never to see uh, Pastor Carol and David in church again. If they say to, oh, I want to go back to my great, great, great fathers and all what they did, I want to do everything they did, we're likely to have lost our pastors on the spot. Because what, who knows what evils their great grandfathers did? That's reality. All of us have hochos in that, in that cupboard. So if you want to open that cupboard, some hochos are going to come out. So you have to open that cupboard slowly and carefully and check what comes out and what shouldn't come out. Right? And be clear on what, what should come out is only that which glorifies God. So I'm thinking to myself, God put me in Africa for a reason. So I want to know the connection, divine connection between God's creation, putting me here, and his plan for me. Not just the physical, I mean, if you say to me, why am I a black man? Like, what, what exactly is black about me? What's black about me? Okay, the cell phone is black. Now if I look like this, I'll have to smile every time, everywhere I walk in the night. Because nobody's going to see me. 
But I'm not, I'm not like that. So when you say I'm black, it's your way of trying to control me. It's your way of trying to define me based on the skin color. But in reality, in reality, this is what happens. My skin is not me. We talk about my nose, my eyes, my ears. All things are mine, not me. When a person dies, we say so-and-so's body is arriving in a certain time. We never say so-and-so is arriving. Because the person is not the body. The person lives inside the body. So if my body is not me, and my culture is depending on my body, meaning I have a culture assigned to me on, based on the skin color I have. Had I had a different skin color, I would have a different culture. So my culture depends on the color of skin I have. So if this is true, and you're telling me that I can never know who I am without knowing my culture, but my culture existed after people formed it. People pre-exist, and then they form culture. Then you say the people who form the culture must be defined by the culture which they form. That is what is called circular argument. You're going around in circles. You, you, you're born, you live, you form a practice, then you say the practice I just formed defines who I am. It's like, really? Culture never pre, doesn't predate or pre-exist pre- people. People exist before their cultures. Yes. Humans were on earth before cultures were formed. And then they form culture. Yes. So culture is man-made. So I'm not defined by what somebody has formed. So people who do say that they are governed by dead people, they are ruled by dead people. So the reason why we have to arise right now as a church and as a people of God are against the spirits, these spirits are after the soul of this nation. And now listen to this, public schools here, yeah, whether in Alexandria, Ditsnut, or, or, or so on, are already behind compared to Model C schooling. That we know based on our history, based on our past. That's the reality. Now, if already being behind educationally, and in terms of qualifications, standard, and then there's children who are public schools, cannot even finish their syllabus and focus on education and the curriculum because of the spirits which disturb them, how much more do you think they'll catch up? Do you hear my point? I mean, in a Model C school, a Christian school, or a private school, this, this nonsense is not allowed. I certainly am in a school. My children are in a school where this thing would never be allowed. So I'm privileged for being that. Yes, I am privileged. I mean, I was once at Verts and, 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 and I was teaching and, and, uh, nicely, and I thought I was teaching, and I thought I was nice teaching. So my children in a multiracial school, and then my son has a friend called Josh. Josh is white, and Josh wants to get, go home with me without even asking his parents. And I was saying, children don't see his skin color, they just see the friend of their, of, of their father of their friend. And I thought it was a nice example until somebody from EFF lifted up their hand in a meeting. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, yes sir, and he said to me, oh, so you are privileged, yeah? <laughs> I never saw that one coming. <laughs> so I said, what do I say now, what do I say? Because should I lie? Should I trivialize poverty? Should I, should I undermine poor people by saying I'm poor when I'm not? No. I am privileged. And I said to her, I am. I grew up under privilege. I am privileged now. And you do the same thing I did. You will also send your children to the best schools in your city if you can afford it. So what's wrong with me having done that? I said, you also want privilege. If you didn't want privilege, why are you studying on the best university in South Africa if you hate privilege? You said a problem that I got it before you. And the strange thing is that guys of EFF who were with him, who were clapping for his questions, now turn around and clap for my answer like, yes! <laughs> because duh, the whole point is to get black people privileged. Why would another black person have a problem with a black person's privilege? That's the whole point, isn't it? It's to get people, black people privileged. Now, why would you have a problem with a black person's privilege? We are fighting for that. Now, why would you have a problem with that? And so, therefore, we, we, we have to understand that these things, I believe that these spirits are not pro-black. 
Look, we're talking about here, I'm, I'm encountering here, especially here in Johannesburg, because here, I mean, you do all kinds of crazy things. You, you eat grass and... <laughs> so we observe you from a distance, we're like, hey. <laughs> they eat grass, they drink, but I'm like, hey, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't want to stay there. It's crazy what's going on there. So I, I, here I'm getting a lot of emails and requests for, for counseling. People are high-end, high-end positions in companies. Directors, managers, the spirits are troubling them, and they have to resign. So I said to myself, these spirits are anti-black most. Yeah. Yeah. I did the whole thing I was about the, 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 the progress of black females. Yeah. So how can this thing be pro-black if it's against pro- females progressing? Yeah. This whole country is trying to let's balance up, let's bring equality, let's bring it, let's promote black females, and when they promote it, it just sabotages them. Yeah. It's anti-black. Yeah. It's not pro-black. It's not pro- progress. Children don't finish school. Yeah. So that means black people go backwards. Yes. Don't do schooling. Don't go, don't, don't do business. Don't be a doctor. That's not pro-black. Sure. So you can't expect me the, that the, now the, the biggest careers of black people is to be a sangom. I mean, you really can't tell me. Now, now the, the new careers of black people is to be a sangom. You can't be telling me that. No, what engineering? No doctor, no lawyer, no president, no, 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 no. The, the big, the main career right now choice for black people is to be Sangom. No ways. You can't tell me that. It can't be. Somebody must stand up and fight against this stuff. We must take our eyes. So, now we, we want to bring this to a close. Now, here's what I want to say to you. What God is, I believe God is doing. God is, has this tendency, I don't know how he does it, of keeping quiet. <laughs> you like, he did it between Old Testament and New Testament, 400 years, silent. He's just sitting there. <laughs> the one who sits in heaven, he laughs. He calls the nation to, God is, when God is quiet, it's because he's got things under control. He's got it, he's like, I've got this. Don't panic. <laughs> Lord, 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 Jesus on the boat. Lord, we are perishing. It's like he's sleeping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wakes up and says, what's going on? Don't you care that we perish? Yeah, just relax. Man. You have a little faith. Take it easy. You're not going to drown. You know, just take it easy. So Jesus is, is like, he's obviously bigger than this ancestral spirit. Right? I mean, these, these spirits... Okay, my, my parents died at a young age, so I've not, I've not, I've not had parents for a long time. They've never appeared to me once. No, they've never appeared to me. They can't appear to me. Look, ancestors don't like me. Like, understand? <laughs> they can't like me. It's impossible. I speak against them all the time. So there's no way. Like, I can't go to a church service and a prophet puts me and raises me and says, the devil hates you. I mean, I'll look at that prophet and think, is that a prophecy? A serious prophecy. I mean, the devil hates me. I hate him. We hate each other. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> so that's not a prophecy. As a matter of fact, if the devil didn't hate you, I would say there's something wrong with your Christianity. If, if the devil liked you, if the devil liked you, smiled at you, I would say there's something wrong with you. You're compromising. The devil should hate you just generally. Because you're a child of God. Because they hate Jesus who's inside of you. So sometimes people ask me, they ask me questions around, and most of the stuff is based on fear. 
I said, where's last night? And, and it was on Friday night. And students are asking this thing. Is it not possible that the ancestors can do this? I'm thinking, was, why, do we, why do we have so much faith in Satan? Everybody is asking me, but first, if I do, don't, if I, if I denounce it and I walk away from it, won't I, won't this happen, won't misfortune? I'm like, what is, what is Jesus, God? What is, what is angels? What is, what is this thing that you've got? We're talking here about a man whom the disciples stood up and thought, who is this man that even the winds obey him? There's a centurion who said, don't come to my house, I'm not worthy. Just speak a word, and immediately seven were healed that very hour. Distance in the spirit doesn't exist. And angels, which people think the ancestors have become, if your ancestors have become your guardian angel, my grandma's my guardian angel. So what happened to the angels who were guarding you before grandma died? And then they now retired now and like because grandma took over. Now angels are there floating, twiddling their thumbs because grandma has taken over. He has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Angels are not these babies floating on a cloud with a Jupiter or whatever. No, angels are big supernatural beings who travel in the speed of light. Powerful beings. One angel killed 185,000 Assyrians who were boasting through Sennacherib with the king. One angel, 185,000 people in one night, 185,000 men were dead with one angel. And he has given his angels charge over you. And you still want to call yourself a worm. He still wants, I'm a worm. Who guards a worm? Why give VIP protection to a worm? You're not a worm. You are precious in the sight of the Father. And God is not going to allow you to be de- defeated by the spirits. They have no power. You, you are unbewitchable. You can be There's a boundary of the blood around you. The only way the devil can have access to you is if you give him. He has no power. So this morning I want us to pray because some of the stuff, they are in the bloodline. And when you, when you don't know how to do the right things, I'm not saying hate on your parents, hate on your grandparents, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there has to be a stand you take against any evil, whoever is a source of it. Iniquity must be broken. That thing that runs in the bloodline must be broken. So let's stand together. So my prayer today is that some of you may be troubled by this spirit may even have sleep, sleep deprivation, disturbances at night, things that try to make you think you, and, and the devil always makes this thing as sound as if it's in, inescapable, because there's issue of fatalism, that you can't change it, it's fate. There's no fate here. There's no fate here. There's only destiny. And God is the owner of destiny. He makes, everything works together in conformity to the will of God, not the will of somebody else. Okay, so there's no one who's destined to be anything other than a child of God. So I don't care which family you're born in. I don't care if you're like me, you've lost parents. Like I've lost them in 30 years ago. I've not known them for a long time. I don't care how your background is, where you grew up, what you faced, what did they did to me. They cut me. They did this. All second of, of dedications. I've gone through it all. My grandfather was a Sangoma, a famed medium. So I've, I've done stuff. I've eaten stuff, I had stuff put through my body, stuff happened to me. But stuff ain't happening right now. Amen. <laughs> it happened right now. 
So I don't go to my bed thinking I'm asleep this way. If I don't sleep this way, something will throttle me. It's my bed, it's my body. For goodness sake, I'm a tall man. If I want to stretch myself, I want to stretch myself. Nothing will tell me I can't stretch myself. In my own bed. What, who's that? What is that? Where from? What right? No, I stand up and I rebuke those spirits. You need to be very strong to take the sword of the spirit and fight a good warfare. Don't sit there as a victim, Pastor. What's going on? There are things walking through my roof. What things? Why are things walking on your on your roof, on your ceiling? Don't call me too as a pastor. Don't call Dave. We taught you prayer. You don't want to come to a prayer meeting. Then you're in trouble. Don't call us. Our phone is, my phone is off at 2 in the morning. It used to be on. Now I sleep with my phone off. If you must die, you must die. Because <laughs> you don't want to learn how to pray. Therefore, you must die. You wake up from that bed. The devil troubles you when you sleep. It's okay. Wake up and trouble him back. <laughs> He must just know, next time, don't bother that one. Let him sleep. Because if I wake him up and trouble him, he troubles me back. Don't wake up and don't cry. Don't, don't, don't cry. No, don't go and cry. Wake up and go in the spirit. I go, oh Lord, Pastor, I don't know what's happening. No, no, wake up and say, okay, devil, I'm awake again. Augustine, what were you saying? Let's talk now. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's the name. Most powerful name ever given. In the name of Jesus. Father, this morning as we raise the banner, you are Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. The banner of victory over us. We are not just extensions of ancestral hierarchies. We are the children who have been born for such a time as this. Therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I put a demand for the God and I, and I instruct every spirit of torment against any person in this house in this morning, Father God. We break the powers of darkness this morning. We break the powers of torment, of ancestral spirits, of divination, of Freemasonry, of witchcraft, of every evil imaginable, Father God. For there is a name given under heavens by which men can be saved. That is the name of Jesus Christ. Right now we serve a notice against the spirits of darkness. Principalities, powers, rulers over this territory. Over Ramsach, over Johannesburg. We say let God arise and let his enemies be scattered this morning. We declare that you are the God of victory. You are the man of war. Let's say let God arise right now. Destroy, O oh God, today every spirit of torment every spirit of torment every spirit of torment we now demand that you leave God's people and depart from them right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth we bless your name God thank you Jesus bless you Lord Amen. of that prayer, Lord God. We say yes and amen, Lord God. Father God, we declare this place, Spirit, Holy Spirit place, Lord God. We declare our lives, Jesus' possession. Thank you, Lord God. We live in the truth. We rejoice in the truth, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen and amen and amen. <laughs>